Hello, and welcome to another episode of 50 Stories of Transformation. I'm your host, Michaela Mays, and thank you so much for joining me this week. We are heading into story number 44 this week, believe it or not, uh, which means we're quickly approaching 50 stories. Uh, So if you are a returning listener, thanks for coming on back again and again, and for just joining us through this whole series. Uh, But if you are a new listener, hang on there. I'm going to give you a quick rundown here as to what this podcast is all about. So this podcast, 50 Stories of Transformation, is a podcast sponsored by the Baptist Resource Network of Pennsylvania, South Jersey. And that's an organization that is dedicated to helping, guiding, and providing resources for Baptist churches in Pennsylvania and South Jersey. So about a year ago, this handy dandy podcast was created to uh, just kind of highlight the amazing things, the amazing transformative things uh, that God has been doing throughout the Baptist Resource Network And uh, since the BRN celebrated 50 years, hence why we're doing 50 stories. So there's your quick kind of rundown as to what you're getting yourself into. It's all good stuff, I promise. Um, And we're really glad that you're joining us today. So this week for story number 44, we have the privilege of being joined by an executive committee member for the Southern Baptist Convention and a longtime friend of the Baptist Resource Network, and that is Reverend Peter Giannis. Uh, Giannis now serves as the executive director of Asian American Relations and Mobilization for the Southern Baptist Convention Executive Committee. And uh, prior to this role, he has served in many state level positions as well. He actually was a part of the Baptist Convention, Pennsylvania, South Jersey, before it was the BRN. So uh, he has served uh, as the interim senior pastor of South Jersey Bible Church International, as well as a North American Mission Board catalytic language missionary and a church planting catalyst. He has also held pastoral roles in churches in the Philippines and the US since 1992. So, you know, God has given him a really cool, impressive resume um, and just many opportunities in ministry. So he's gonna talk with us today just a little bit about those different positions and how God's just kind of transformed his heart through his many years of ministry. He's also going to share his heart behind cultural relations um, and and how he's now using that mission and that passion at the national level on the SBC's executive committee. So tons of great stuff that we're jam-packing into one episode. I know it's a lot, uh, but we're filling it to the brim with good quality conversation and I promise it will not disappoint. So uh, without further ado, Let's go ahead and jump on into story number 44. Thanks so much for joining us this week. And now here is my conversation with Reverend Peter Yanez. So first, just to get started, uh, would you mind sharing just a little bit about yourself with our listeners? Uh, This certainly can include anything from a brief testimony of when you became a Christ follower uh, to the ministry role you're serving in today and any personal or family fun facts. Yeah, sure. Um, First off, Grateful for you, Michaela, for uh, the ministry that the Lord has entrusted to you, and uh, you have a way of uh, not only hearing but connecting and collecting God's stories, and uh, connecting that to the field so that everybody will be encouraged of, you know, serving and uh, learning lessons and uh, knowing too that they're not by themselves. Uh, there are many of us serving in this field. Uh, um, my, my Christian journey all started with uh, uh, the, the Lord really uh, used a lot of people. And uh, that's very uh, in, important to, to mention here that uh, in the year 1953, uh, International Mission Board, I think uh, Foreign Mission Board then, 
uh, known as Foreign Mission Board, uh, sent their uh, uh, first uh, missionary to the northern part of the Philippines, and that's in 1953. So that was many, many years ago. And out of that, uh, out of that mission uh, endeavor in the, the northern Luzon, um, um, started uh, to grow with uh, many other local Filipino pastor getting involved in church plant. And it happened that one, one of the families had been uh, recipient to the ministry of uh, the Reverend Gordon in, in the Philippines was uh, the Karatman family. And so the Karatman family, uh, one of their children went to the seminary and uh, became a pastor. And the very first church that he planted is in my hometown because they're from uh, where I grew where where I was born and where I grew up. And so he started a church there in 1972. And uh, out of that church, uh, that's the same church that the Lord really used one of their young people to invite me to a Bible study. And uh, upon uh, attending few other Bible studies on that on that year, and so I I uh, uh, came to know Jesus Christ in a personal way, repented from my sin, and uh, by faith we see Jesus Christ. And this is in the year 1985, and so 1985, and then followed. Uh, the Lord is uh, very clear. The Lord is calling me to the ministry. So I went to a Christian college uh, in. in in a Baptist seminary back home in the Philippines. And uh, after my seminary and pastoral, pastoral training, uh, the church um, uh, which the Lord used for me to hear the gospel is the same church that called me back. I serve in that local church as their intern pastor. And then I transitioned to assistant pastor. And then in two years time, uh, in two years time, I serve uh, as their as their pastor for the next uh, six, seven years. And uh, through, uh, through that ministry too, I had a chance of sharing the gospel to my parents, to my sibling, because I was, I was the very first one uh, who came to know Jesus Christ in a personal way among all of my relatives uh, back, in the, uh, back in the Philippines. So this is a special Christian journey that all started in 1953 and then a Filipino pastor picked it up in 1972 and then a, a, a high school friend uh, invited me in 1985, got saved, and then 1991 went back to the church uh, as one of the pastors and then uh, 94, I became their pastor, lead pastor, and left the Philippines in 1998 to uh, starting a family in Philadelphia. Uh, I was married with Irene, Irene Giannis. Uh, we were married for over 27, uh, going 28 years now. And we were blessed with two, um, uh, two children that uh, the Lord uh, gifted in many ways. Uh, we have now two young adults. Uh, Christian is 23 years old, just graduated in Bucknell, right there in Pennsylvania. And uh, and now uh, working full-time in uh, uh, one of the uh, pharmaceutical company in Lancaster, Pennsylvania. And uh, currently serving as one of uh, the worshiping members of Impact uh, Church 
Oh, nice. Uh, one of our churches there yeah. in the outside Lancaster. So he's serving in that church. And then the, my youngest, we have only two. So that's 23 years old Christian. Our youngest, uh, we name her Shekinah, like Shekinah Glory. So her name is Shekinah Faith. Uh, she is 20 years old, uh, attending uh, uh, Villanova University. Uh, so she's a bio major too and uh, preparing for her MCAT <laughs> and oh, uh, praying to, to get into medical school um, uh, a year from now. And so that she kind of, and uh, she's um, a Bible, stu Bible study leader with InterVarsity and Villanova University. Uh, she's actually leading her own Bible study too every week. And uh, she, she, she was the one who jumpstarted a partnership between uh, the university and one of our one of our Christian church uh, not far in the Nova, and uh, they're now providing shuttle for all of the uh, students who wanted to attend uh, a Christian service every Sunday. So she kind of is very much involved in in the campus ministry as well. Mm -hmm. Now, um, currently serving now here in Nashville, Irene and I, uh, we moved here two years ago. Uh, with this new role that uh, le leading all of our Asian churches uh, affiliated with Southern Baptist Convention and other, and, and other missional causes that involve other ethnicity that never represented in the national, uh, uh, in, in, the nas in, in our Southern Baptist Convention. Like Irene has uh, uh, been uh, a uh, NICU nurse, uh, neonatal ICU nurse for many, many years. And right now, for two years now, she's working as a NICU nurse here at the at Vanderbilt University Hospital. Oh, that's so cool. Very nice. Well, thank you for sharing all that. Your family sounds wonderful, and I'm sure you're really proud of your kids for the fact that they have gotten involved in faith communities and are leading Bible studies and leading worship. That's really cool. So now currently you're serving as the executive director for Asian American relations and mobilization for the Southern Baptist Convention Executive Committee, um, which is quite an impressive title. <laughs> I, I've said it a couple of times. It's a very, title too, <laughs> very long title. <laughs> but it's great. So um, prior to that, you served in many ministry roles, including some on the state level with the Baptist Resource Network before it was the Baptist Resource Network. Um, can you kind of list out some of those ministry roles that you've gotten to be part of? Yeah, yeah. And, um, uh, Pennsylvania and Pennsylvania Convention is has a special uh, special place in uh, Irene and myself and my two children um, be, because it's the very first state to, that we move in and started a family. And uh, we still remember in 1998, we got involved with a new church plan uh, that's been existing for, for a while. And then we, um, we continued the church plant in the west suburb of Philadelphia. And uh, we grew the church and uh, pastored there for 11 years. And um, as I'm pastoring that, I help uh, another uh, new church plant out, outside uh, uh, Philadelphia in Atlantic City. So I do like travel there to preach in the morning then travel back to preach in the Sunday afternoon. And uh, I did that for um, maybe even three, four years. <laughs> so I, I, I put a lot, a lot of mileage mm -hmm. in my car and very much involved in the Greater Philadelphia Association that we call now uh, BRN Philly. 
uh, involved with all of what we do there, uh, servicing and helping all of our ethnic churches there. And, uh, and, and another specialist, I serve as uh, the very first uh, uh, ethnic pastor as a moderator for, for BRN Philadelphia. So I did that for three terms. Uh, it's unusual, it should be only two terms, but we have some other challenges that the executive committee members suspended the bylaw, bylaw so that I will be nominated again for the third term. Oh, that's cool. <laughs> because of the pressing, <laughs> because of the pressing need, and so BRN, all of our churches there, I know very well most of the pastors and the churches, and I had a chance of uh, working and serving alongside our pastors, regardless regardless of ethnicity. So that's a very uh, uh, the Lord that started it uh, early on in my ministry, and uh, Pennsylvania Baptist Convention had me to work alongside with them, uh, uh, serving all of our ethnic churches, especially in Greater Philadelphia. And uh, along the way, that transitioned to because it's a jointly funded with North American Mission Board, and then slowly transitioned to uh, church funding capitalists for uh, all, all of our ethnic churches. But I started as the ethnic strategist ser serving all of our ethnic churches, and then transitioned to church planting capitalists. Uh, so I did it about seven, eight years uh, from 2000, I believe 2010 to uh, 2018, going to 2019. Yeah. Okay. And, and by the way, to mention too, um, I, I was the very first ethnic president elected as president of Pennsylvania Convention. That and is so very that's cool. Special. That's very, that's very special. special. You know, I got a chance of representing our state convention to other uh, national meetings and uh, take pride of how, you know, Pennsylvania Convention is very diverse. It's uh, what I call, you know, where diversity is welcome, diversity is celebrated, uh, diversity is very much, you know, part of who we are uh, in Pennsylvania. So that's uh, one thing that, you know, Pennsylvania Convention BRN is very unique. And I think, you know, we're leading the way in terms of diversity. Yeah, I hope so. At least I'm still kind of new, so I'm learning, but it, it seems like that place where everyone's just welcome and that yeah. help help will be given uh, if needed. That's right. Yeah, mm -hmm. that's right. It's very cool. Well, I see why it's so near and dear to your heart. Um, mm -hmm. And so then in 2019, you took on a new position with the SBC Executive Committee. Um, and what kind of led you to that role, the one that you're in now? Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, the Southern Baptist Convention Executive Committee reached out to me uh, directly, actually, uh, the senior leadership uh, reached out to me and uh, actually they, they reached out and said, uh, are you interested of, oh, of cool. serving as the Asian American Executive Director for uh, the Southern Baptist Convention? And uh, I missed the call. They left a message and uh, I called back and uh, and so that's the conversation right away and said, uh, pray about it. And, uh, mm -hmm. and uh, they said, pray about it. And, uh, but you know what? Submit your resume. <laughs> <laughs> pray and submit resume. Yeah. <laughs> Do both. Pray, but can you submit your resume now? <laughs> <laughs> and it was the end of 2019. Mm -hmm. But prior to this really is, prior to this, be, be, because of my involvement, uh, serving all of our ethnic churches and, in all of our churches uh, in, uh, 
as a whole within Southern Baptist Convention. I know SBC Life and Ministry. I know the system very well from being a moderator to president of uh, the Penn Jersey Convention. Mm-hmm. And so, um, you know, that's already embedded in my heart and my system. And then on, on the national level, I got a chance for, you know, serving as uh, the Filipino American Fellowship uh, leader for uh, around eight years, all in all. Mm. And so I represent the Filipino community for that long time. Mm. And then I got involved with all kinds of ethnic committee or Asian American advisory council for the past years. So uh, I know key players, the uh, key pastors and uh, entity leaders of the uh, advocating on behalf of the ethnics and Asian churches. And so I, I, I guess the Lord honored that, uh, that special uh, passion of mine and heart for not only reaching, but bringing them alongside SBC Life and Ministry. And so it, it's more than engaging them, but uh, you know, providing a way for them to be part of the service, the, to be part of uh, what we do as SBC. So they, they not only part of, but they felt belong mm. and they're empowered to do, you know, contribute in even small way in, in, in the life and the ministry of the SBC. So I, I think that's how the Lord uh, honored it and mm. uh, lead to the senior leadership of uh, the SBC executive committee to uh, take notice of that. And uh, we, with all of the people that uh, known my my life and ministry with SBC, so I'm really glad that you know the Lord uh, was the one who paved the way, and uh, we're seeing already the fruit of the labor of uh, how how they did that. Hmm. That's really cool. I love it when God uses His people and relationships to clear a path. That's right. That's right. So, so you mentioned about having a heart and a passion for those Asian American relations. Um, Can you kind of speak to your heart behind that mission and why fostering those cultural relationships are so vital for when we are growing and trying to help expand the kingdom of God? Yeah, yeah, that's right. The the fostering, you know, relationship to different culture and different group uh, affinity groups within Southern Baptist Convention uh, SBC for one is one of the very, uh, very diverse in terms of uh, comparing it to, to, to other uh, evangelical denominations. In fact, I was the one who led the study of uh, uh, tracking diversity of uh, Southern Baptist Convention since 1990 to 2018. Uh, I just get the update of 2019. And so in 1990, out of the churches we have, uh, it's two out of 10 are ethnic minority, mm. uh, but you fast forward that to 2019, and I think it's very true to 2020. Uh, with all of the additional uh, churches since 1990, we have over 10,000 uh, additional churches. Out of those additional churches since 1990, uh, we, we found out that it, it grew tremendously into from two out of 10. Now it's eight out of 10 existing churches are ethnic minority. And so I think, I think uh, never been, you know, it never been really like, um, uh, we, we might not be talking about it all the time. We might not be uh, 
getting all of uh, the information uh, to every pastor and to every local uh, church. But the reality is, you know, the the different ethnicity and affinity group is within, you know, the SBC family. Mm-hmm. And so to, to expand that and to uh, uh, translate that into a way that would uh, take advantage of the propagation of the gospel is we needed to really, you know, engage uh, all of this ethnic churches and all of this uh, from different cultural background uh, to not only involve what we do, but take part of the missional cooperation from a local standpoint, local association, the state convention, uh, to the national uh, to the national state Baptist uh, Southern Baptist Convention, because uh, we 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 need each other. Uh, because if you tap them, develop them, and they're ready actually to reach out their own people, and that is how we. Um, we, we are going to expand, you know, the kingdom of God, but it will always start with building relationship from the grassroots yes. uh, and that would impact and that would grow in, into a national uh, movement. Hmm. Very cool. So what are some of the ways that the SBC exec- executive committee and you are working to kind of strengthen these relationships? Yeah, with uh, we, what I do right now is the Asian American executive director and the uh, and also representing other ethnicity that don't have representation in the national offices. Uh, for the past two years now, um, you know, I speak on their behalf with all of my engagement with entity level to state convention level, at the different ethnic national fellowship that is affiliated with the Southern Baptist Convention. And, and uh, I speak on their behalf of saying they exist, we exist within SBC line. All you needed to do is find out and uh, build relationship to each SBC pastor or ethnic pastor uh, leader and had a chance of visiting their churches, get involved with what we do in a local standpoint. And, and in that way, when you build relationship, trust will be the outcome of it. And then there will be you know, participant right away, not only to what you do missionally, but there will be getting involved with cooperative program giving because you're adding value to it. Mm. At the moment that they know you, they will trust you. And then the, mo- the moment that they trust you, then they will be willing to partner with you uh, with any mission of causes. And, and, and that would, uh, you know, give way to easily, you know, promote to them why cooperative program giving is important mm. because, you know, there's well involved, not only reaching uh, to, our local community and here in USA, but we have a way of partnering with international mission that we will never have a chance of doing it by ourselves. And so together uh, we, we can accomplish more uh, than apart. And so I think that's the beauty of, um, you know, when they brought me here in the national office, all of a sudden, you know, everybody is not only hearing about that, then all of a sudden, everybody is getting education out of that. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden, everybody had a chance of, you know, pu- putting their hand to the plow and together mm-hmm. uh, working, uh, you know, for, for the great commission, uh, the missional causes that we do with Southern Baptist Convention. So specifically with Asian American is um, we have eight existing Asian National Fellowship when I started here two years ago. 
uh, I've been leading one, the Philippine National Fellowship for quite some time, but there's like seven other existing uh, Asian National Fellowship that have been here for over 40 years, 30 years. And, um, but I think never been engaged the way we did for the past two years. And so, so what I did instead, instead of reinventing the wheel, <laughs> they're already existing there. I know most of the leaders uh, because I had a chance of serving alongside with them to, for, for different committees in the Southern Baptist life. So what I did two years ago is I started connecting with each one, mm-hmm. met with leadership. And uh, we we made an agreement that we, we needed to collaborate more and work alongside and engage the SBC Life and Ministry in a way so that not only to, to be heard or to have a voice, but actually so that we can participate more engaging the looseness of uh, you know, our community and uh, North America and, and beyond. And so when you bring that, uh, you know, we, I, I used three key words and uh, I said, we needed to connect more, and, you know, we needed to collaborate more and we needed to celebrate mm-hmm. as one within the Southern uh, Baptist life and so, uh, out of that is we created the uh, we created the SBC Asian Collective, it's like a collection okay. of all uh, Asian SBC Asian American Collective, mm-hmm. a, a collection of all different Asian nationalities. Uh, we represent about thirty-seven Asian nationalities within SBC Life, and uh, you know, um, so when we did that is now they have a way of oh yeah i belong to the sbc collective you know mm-hmm. uh, we we belong to over 2000 asian churches within sbc and we might be so diverse in terms of you know uh, culture language immigration history but we're very much committed and one mm-hmm. uh, one beat one heartbeat to the great commission and so the great commission is the one really bringing us together and, uh, and so when we did that, so we've been doing it for two years. So whatever I go, meeting with entity leaders and state convention and different function, I bring with me, uh, you know, the, 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 the beauty of partnership and the beauty of diversity and the beauty of like everybody is, you know, uh, their hand is on the plow. And, uh, you know, they wanted to work together alongside us. And so for the past two years now, that eight Asian National Fellowship uh, it became two, uh, 10. And so we empowered the Asian next gen. And so they have their own pastors network. They have their own uh, fellowship together. And so we have now Asian, uh, Asian leaders, you know, the young leaders are, uh, you see on, on the Asian context, uh, you know, a lot of our Asian young leaders, uh, they're on the second chair. And uh, because of my culture, we always deal with the senior ones, with the senior leadership. But for the past two years, we empower them. And so their part, you know, they have a seat on the table. You know, we meet uh, once uh, regularly and uh, they are represented. And then all of the other Asian National Fellowship are part of it. And then we created the, 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 the 10th one, which is we call it Me and Mar Churches Network. Mm-hmm. Uh, because I found out two years ago that we have 96 Burmese churches, but they're not organized and they don't have a network of their, of their own. 
And so I happened to do key leaders. So I, I spoke with them one by one, convinced them. And I said, I'll be willing to help you organize into a national network. Mm. And so we launched that last year during the annual meeting here in Nashville. And so they have now their own network. We call it Myanmar uh, Churches Network. And uh, the coming June, uh, we're going to present the, the, the first uh, leadership of that network. And uh, mm. they will be working uh, together uh, uh, in partnership with us. So th those 10 um, now together, because we have, uh, we have seen now the advantage of coming together. And we have other ethnic fellowship network that uh, I, I, uh, I lead in the, in, the, in the SBD national office. And we have about 30 to 35 uh, different ethnic networks all in all, you know, from Haitian to Ghana to um, uh, Slavic to Filipino. And we, we have a lot, African-American and, and uh, so, so the 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 uh, uh, current uh, um, ministry we have right now is we we see to it that everyone has you know a voice everyone has a seat on the table everyone can participate and we have seen now that if we will do this and grow together uh, we can accomplish more. Mm. Amen. That's so great and. I love how you shared about how the Great Commission is the one thing that just brings us all together, you know, that mm -hmm. working for that one goal for everyone, all nations to know Jesus Christ and what he's done for us. That's right. Yeah. That's right. So what are some ways that our churches on the state level can, can be kind of helping with strengthening these cultural relations and, and fostering healthy multi-ethnic churches? Yeah, on, on the state level, I've seen uh, uh, a lot of good happenings now to other state convention. And, uh, but, but our state convention level, they needed to be very intentional. And uh, I, I've, been, I've been engaging other state convention now of uh, bringing me in and try to help them connect with uh, not only for Asian, but all of their ethnic churches and find ways how they can uh, not only connect but collaborate, and that that would be, uh, you know, leading to more celebration on their part within the Southern Baptist Convention life on the state level. So I think the specific, you know, very practical way is you start with, you start with where how many ethnic churches I have, where are they located, who are the key leader or pastors from each local church. You start that way. So you have to really uh, find ways of knowing how many of them, what ethnicity they belong, and then find ways of, you know, what, what's the culture look like? How would I? Uh, so it's more on knowing and understanding that, you know, different ethnicity, different culture existing within your convention. Mm. And then you have to educate yourself on how how would be the what's the best way to understand this ethnic group or affinity group or, or you know what other ways that they're uh you know e e easily enticed with and they will be interested with and so uh you uh, finding what are they who's the key leader and then educate yourself about that certain culture 
Mm. And then after which, and, uh, and then you move on and to uh, connect with them. Mm. Uh, ethnic pastors and leaders, you know, by nature were very relational. I know, I, I know that the culture here is more on independence. Like, uh, I don't want to bother you. Um, you, you uh, you're on your own. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll, I'll be, I'll be reach out. Or, uh, the, the moment I'll reach out to you because you reach out to me. Uh, but, but on the Eastern mind, among, among many of our ethics is, you know, they're in the corner, just working hard, doing everything they can. Even it's already, you know, so difficult. You will never hear complaints from them. Mm-hmm. And so the, the best way to do really is because you have done your homework, now you're ready to connect, you know, call, give them a call, invite them for lunch. And then the, the uh, other, way, uh, other ways actually we, we did there in the past is, you know, uh, make an appointment with them and uh, try to be present during their main events. It can be the regular Sunday service, but on their church anniversary, whatever that big event, I, I had a... Uh, several stories there that even uh, there's a church that I was never invited. I just show up, and uh, uh, to to our American context, you don't just show up. <laughs> you do it by appointment, right? You do it by appointment. But every time I show up at ethnic church and never been invited, they will see me at the back. Oh, Peter Yanis is here. Come, come up here. Come. And, and it's so special to them because you took time of you know going and and joining their worship service so if that will not be the case then find find other many events they have and reach out to the pastor how can i help how can we partner um because not until you go there in person you know not until you're on site you will never gain insight Mm -hmm. so that's very important and the moment you're there the more you will understand the more you can connect and, and 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 that theology of presence is huge among our ethnic churches. Mm. The more they will fall in love with you, and the more that you know, because you can easily relate. And I, I did that for for many years, and I built good relationship to all of the key leaders there, and key pastors. And not until you do that, then it will be difficult to. Uh, to connect and serve them because it comes with relationship then it comes with you showing up that you really care and then in that way too that you can easily know okay now I can uh, I can now I know now how to resource them I know now how to serve them and uh, when you do that on on the state convention level then I'm telling you um, you you will expect they're they're very loyal Mm. They're very loyal with anyone that has a relationship with them, and they will love them. Mm. And uh, and as a result of that, you know, any other gathering you have, any participation, CP promotion, and everything, you will expect them to participate because in the first place, you, you have made them special, and you added value to the relationship, and you understand how they operate, and you understand their culture, and it will take. You know, a lot of that, uh, c- uh, that, that connecting points, <laughs> if you may, uh, so that uh, it will result to more collaboration. Mm. Well, thank you for sharing that with us. So that'll be really helpful for our local pastors to hear and just taking those key points and kind of figure out what step they need to be at. Um, so thank you for sharing that and your expertise and just how God's worked in your life 
in many ways throughout the years of many years of ministry. Um, is there is there anything else you would like to share? I have one more question, but I'll hold it until unless there's anything else you'd like to share first. Yeah, um, uh, Pennsylvania Convention BRN is uh, always always my home state. Mm -hmm. uh, that will never change. Uh, I, I've been here for two years anyway, <laughs> two years only here in Nashville, Tennessee. So I always refer to Pennsylvania, my home state, mm -hmm. and uh, that's how I, I I grew in terms of ministry. That's where I grew in terms of uh, understanding different culture and uh, different uh, types of ministry. And uh, here's my encouragement to everyone. Um, uh, we, we know that we're going through a lot of uh, challenges in the SBC life uh, in in many ways. Uh, add to that, you know, the pandemic that we're going through, uh, there's a lot of uncertainty. But here's one thing about within the SBC, there's no other uh, denomination that uh, we uh, we champion pastors and we serve churches and where, you know, uh, the diversity is celebrated and, uh, you know, where my culture and, and my background is, uh, you know, welcome, then Southern Baptist Convention. Mm. Uh, that's a fact. That is the reason why many of us coming from other countries, even coming from other denominations, uh, joining Southern Baptist Convention on, on the local context. Mm. But what's happening as a SBC, as a family, I, I wanted everyone to just, you know, be prayerful, number two. Um, your, your, your eye focus on uh, the Great Commission because at the end of the day, uh, everybody will be, you know, um, uh, accounted with that on how we faithfully live uh, the, the Great Commission uh, in and out. Hmm. Amen. Thank you for that encouragement. So my last question is, how can we be in prayer for you and the SBC Executive Committee? Yeah, that's um, so that's a good segue there. <laughs> <laughs> maybe yeah. just your mission pray, field pray. specifically. Yeah, that's right. As a whole, we wanted to be prayerful with the trans transition we have. Mm -hmm. uh, yesterday, we 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 uh, our SBC executive committee officer just named uh, the interim uh, president CEO, Dr. Willie McLaurin. I served with mm -hmm. him directly, and we partnered together. And so I know he's hard. And uh, we wanted you to be prayerful for him and uh, the entire leadership here. We're, we're few in number compared to the other entities or even state convention uh, level. Uh, but we have a, a bigger or a big platform that the Lord entrusted to us. And that's to, uh, to, to, to manage well what's been entrusted to us. And that is to uh, steward well the cooperative program you know, giving and promote that so that everybody will be uh, part of the cooperative program because that's, that's the one that's fueling, you know, the mission uh, endeavor of us, Southern Baptist Convention. So pray for Dr. Willie McLaurin. Uh, and the transition, we don't know what would it entail because uh, the next couple of weeks, uh, the executive committee board uh, meeting will be here happening and uh, the search committee will be uh, voted upon uh, on that two-day meeting and uh, we pray well, let's pray for the search committee the executive committee as they uh, labor together and uh, prayerfully and faithfully uh, to represent us finding you know the right 
man of God that would continue uh, the missional causes of Southern Baptist Convention. So that's very, very critical the next months uh, to come. For me personally, um, um, I wear a lot of hats. You know, I do Asian American, uh, but uh, I, uh, uh, I'm the one in charge of um, um, quarterbacking our ethnic uh, ethnic fellowship network, uh, the, the, uh, including African American and others. And uh, what we're trying our very best to to include, you know, the second and third gen uh, to the SBC line. And uh, I, I travel a lot going to different. I'll, I'll be in your convention uh, the next three weeks, I believe, uh, for the ethnic uh, uh, luncheon meeting as we welcome uh, Nelson Cherry uh, serving alongside with uh, Larry Anderson. So I'll, I'll be there on that weekend and then flying out that Saturday night to Michigan, uh, mm -hmm. try to make it for my Sunday morning uh, commitment with uh, a, a local Burmese association. It's their annual meeting. And so it, it will be very tight. <laughs> so pray for safe travel all the time. And then lastly, pray for my family. Uh, mm -hmm. Irene, um, she's a nurse in Vanderbilt, but uh, in, in, in the NICU, and so it's a tough and delicate work, but she'd love it because they've been doing that for years, so good health, protection. And our two young adults uh, in, your, in your state, <laughs> <laughs> they will be covered by the Lord and they will be saved. Well, I think that's going to wrap it up for us this week, but Reverend Giannis, thank you so much for joining us on the podcast and, and just sharing your heart behind cultural relations and the many opportunities that God has given you to just share that passion with others in ministry at the state and the national level. So thank you again for joining us today. Listeners, if you'd like to find out more about the Southern Baptist Convention Executive Committee and Reverend Yanez, then you can head online to www.sbc.net and there's all the information you could have on the Southern Baptist Convention, their committees, who's a part of it, um, and what's going on right now in the convention. So lots of information there for you to check out whenever you have a free moment. Again, that is all available and it's all free online at sbc.net. And then once you're done checking out the convention's website, you can head on over to www.brnunited.org. And that of course is the Baptist Resource Network's website. And there you can check out the written story that goes with this podcast, as well as all of the other stories of transformation that we have done up to this point. So yes, that means there are 43 other stories and podcasts just waiting for you to enjoy whenever you have a moment to do so. So you can check that out. You can also stay up to date on the latest news going on in the BRN at that website. So again, that is all available online at www.brnunited.org. And for our podcast enthusiasts who have their favorite podcasting platforms already downloaded on their phones, um, this podcast is also accessible on Apple Podcast, Anchor Podcast, Spotify, Google Podcast, Pocket Cast, and Breaker. So uh, pick one of those, go ahead and open it up and search BRN 50 Stories of Transformation and bam, there you go, access to all the stories and episodes that we've done up to this point. So we know it's kind of easier when you're on the go. So we hope that that is a helpful and convenient way for you to receive encouragement wherever you are.
Listeners, thank you so much for joining me this week for story number 44. Next week, we are indeed jumping into story number 45, which means we are starting that countdown for the last five stories in 50 stories of transformation. So make sure you don't miss those. The latest episode will be out and available for you to enjoy starting next Thursday. So keep your eyes and ears open for that. And until then, have a wonderful week, everyone. Thank you.